0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Chris and Andre Show.
1: Hello everybody, Uh, welcome to episode 37 of The Chris and Andre Show. I
0: am Andre. And I'm Chris.
1: That's it? That's all you got? Sure. Okay, I I was expecting like whatever... (laughs) like four-year-old thing that you normally do.
0: I haven't even taken a sip of my beer yet, so silliness I don't think has quite uh, kicked in or caught up with me. It's been... um, life. I mean, it's been, I don't know, like it's been a good few days around here. I can't, I mean, I try not to complain too much anymore because I know that there's a lot, everybody's going through varying degrees of crap you know like I, I was talking to my mom just earlier and you know we we're just saying like how every day and like every little thing becomes exhausting you know like it's going to the store it's not just going to the store because then it's like you know trying not to try not to touch stuff that I'm not gonna buy you know like um trying to maintain social distancing like you know keeping an eye out for the signs on the floor so i'm not being one of those assholes that's walking the wrong way and like i mean i've been that guy on accident you know like you walk into the store, and you're like oh sh- whoops
1: i know i just turn around and start walking backwards
0: right exactly but it's the people who just like you know flippantly kind of you know like oh i'm I, i'm too cool to follow the rules like I'll I'll
1: be honest and say that I don't all the time follow that one because normally the aisle I'm in, there's nobody there. So it's like, uh, I'm not going to walk back out. And okay,
0: and sure. in that case, right, especially if it's like, I'm going to dart right in, you know, like it's yeah. on this end of the aisle. But yeah, like it's the people who are just, who are literally going the opposite direction, right, you know, right, serpentining right. through the aisles because that's the way they have always shopped. Yeah, I, the way I like to go through the store, because then I get all of my cold items first, and I put them on the bottom, and then I put my my dry items on top of that, and then I go to the produce section, and I put my produce on last, because that way when I scan it, it's the most annoying thing to put those on the bottom and have to figure out where all the dry stuff goes. Sorry.
1: So you got in your own head on that one, bro. I
0: mean, <laughs> I it's... I'm pretty sure I took up residence there about 36 years ago, so <laughs> I've been here ever since.
1: <laughs> like you, you like live that moment a few times in your head.
0: <laughs> I, I mean, it is one of those things, right? Like we've talked about it before on the podcast. That I, I am not, you know, I, I am certainly not like the the mask police. I'm not the grocery store police. I understand. You know, I'm not even in the, one of those people who's going to, unless somebody is just being like a total dick about it, I'm not going to go up to a manager and say like, there's a guy shopping in your store that doesn't have a mask on. Like, okay, I you, you know what? Like we've talked about, right? I keep my distance, no big deal. I'm not, hey, buddy, with my phone in his face, why are you not wearing a mask, man?
1: <laughs> yeah, I am. Um... You're right, but I, I kind of adjust, but then it's kind of like, um, you know, working from home is one of those things where I have to reestablish some routines, yeah, just so I can get some normalcy back. Because I think I'm probably realizing it's going to be more than likely winter, early spring that we open things back up. Um, oh, so you're and... feeling
0: like hopeful. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, this is a change. <laughs> I'm the pessimistic one now. <laughs> no, I'm yeah. Just...
1: yeah. I mean, I feel, I feel like we're probably, a, you know, it could be like a January ish, you know, sometime in that time frame. But I, I think that this is going to be, we're definitely going to go through the holidays with this adjustment to life. So I'm just trying to adjust.
0: <laughs> so Yeah. I mean, I, I think, I mean, spring, I don't think is, is ultimately unreasonable. Um, I mean, maybe even tail end of winter, really. Uh, You know, I certainly don't see anything changing this year. So you're right. Like, we are going to go through the winter holidays without without any real change to what we're doing. But I think, you know, at the same time, I feel like as much as life is exhausting and (laughs) and as tiring as all this can be, I've also, to some degree, feel like I've found a bit of an equilibrium. Right. You know, like I, I'm not, I'm not afraid to go out. I'm not afraid. Like, okay, I'm going out. Boom, grab my mask. Okay, cool. I got my hand sanitizer in the car. No problem. Like that's.
1: Yeah, I think we're we're gonna be wearing masks for a long time. I don't think masks are gonna go away. Yeah. Um, even with a vaccine. <laughs> so. And that's
0: why you, will, ladies and gentlemen, will soon see in the Chris and Andre online store our faces on masks. So you can walk around as your favorite podcast host or hosts. (laughs) I wouldn't recommend wearing them both at the same time because what's kind of weird, but you know, I mean, you do you people you do. you.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So you've been pretty busy. You've been writing articles. uh, Well, you got one episode published.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I started, I started working on another one. Um, I, so I posted a, I, so while I was listening to the episode that I most recently published, um, because I was editing it, I noticed at the end of it that we said that we were going to talk about like social media and I know, kind I of just our social did... media market. Okay. So you, yeah, perfect. I,
1: I listened to that too. I was like, wow, we really botched that. <laughs> I know. Right.
0: And this is why Chris needs to get his shit together and get these <laughs> episodes published in time, uh, so that we're not doing this again um (laughs) at the end of the last episode
1: episode 35
0: episode 36 36 which has not been published yet just so that we remember to hopefully talk about this today we also said that we were going to talk about bubba wallace and all of that the nascar jazz so just as a as a to throw that sports topic out for the future
1: oh we're we're yeah you're right and i don't want to
0: you Bitty don't want to harp on me too much, but <laughs> yeah. you will let me beat up on myself. I'm am uh, so okay. To finish my story, I started. I I, I got episode thirty five done yesterday, right. and I got the the trailer up, and then I scheduled out the article for, or the episode for this morning. And I was like, okay, the thing I should at least do tonight is sit here and get episode thirty six. Like the pres- the post production stuff done. Run my macros, all of my effects and compressors and stuff like that. The main reason I wanted to do that is because I recently downloaded a new plugin, um, a what they call a deesser. So when we speak uh, <laughs> into the mic, sometimes <laughs> the s sound can be really grating, and it kind of creates like a, almost like a whistle if it's okay. left at full volume and I know that this is this is not anything that necessarily pertains to you, but um
1: I can't change my S's.
0: No, you can't. You don't have to. That's the beauty of this plugin is that it essentially runs through an hour and a half long thing and says, that sounds like an S and it kind of like adjusts. So it's it's a very small change, I'll admit. Uh I do this for you people, listeners. <laughs> um But it it can take anywhere from, I don't know, 45, well, okay, it it took as long as 45 minutes to run one, but I think that's because I had not done it in the correct order, I had already done some other things to it, and so I think that made it take longer, but it took about 10-15 minutes the other day to run through one of our tracks, and so last night, I was like, all right I'm going to sit here and do this, so I got yours done, I was like, cool, I got mine started and I was watching TV and I had like the lights off and I was like, what I really don't want to do is fall asleep with my computer on my lap because it's, that's a, that's a pretty decent drop down to the floor. Yeah, I fell asleep with my computer on my lap and woke up when my computer fell off my lap and tumbled to the floor. (laughs) Somehow that managed to undo the post-production like wow. macros that I had run on mine, I guess maybe when I picked it up, I accidentally hit Command Z and then saved it. Uh because I was looking at it, I'm like, that doesn't that track doesn't look any different. You know, maybe in my sleep I accidentally hit cancel, who knows? But or maybe uh, your
1: computer said, Okay, I see you.
0: I mean it could be that. Yeah, my computer was like, Ho oh, can play that game. Uh, I went to sleep. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So, anyways, I <laughs> I ran that stuff this screen? morning. No, I, it's <laughs> I don't have a case or anything. I've dropped this thing so many times. I love these old. It's a mid-2012 MacBook oh, okay. Pro, so it's one of the tanks. Like, this thing. Yeah. That's that's why I'm, like, sitting here. We were just talking about it uh, at the beginning of this podcast that I've been running out of storage space on here because it only has a 120-gigabyte Uh, solid state drive and so I was looking at you know getting either like a separate one um, a portable one or do I get one that I put into my machine so that I have more space on there in general I'm leaning towards the portable because as Andre pointed out I don't really want to spend all the time backing up reformatting reinstalling and then moving everything over um, to the new drive so And I'm also not interested in paying anybody to do that. So
1: Yeah. That's um yeah. Yeah, I um I've picked up a hobby. Once I get to a a point where I can I I actually feel comfortable sharing it with people, I'll share, but until then. Um so I've been trying to be very
0: mysterious about it.
1: I know, right? (laughs) Yeah. Um and I've been trying to I guess level out some of the things with uh the restrict restrictive measures in life. So, you know, whether that's the gym, my gym is opened up, but I haven't, I don't feel comfortable going. I know I go at like four 30 in the morning and I'm sure there's not a lot of people there, but, um, I just don't feel comfortable going right now. So, um, my workout routine is still suffering for that, but I'll figure it out. But, um, I'm trying to, you know, normalize some of the crazy,
0: you know what I mean? Yeah, it's, um, you know, I think you mentioned hobbies. Um, I had gotten really into doing like some different uh, woodworking projects for a little while there. But I've noticed that during this pandemic, it seems like my interest in my hobbies kind of come and go comes and goes. It's like yeah. I'll be super into woodworking for a while. And then I, I take like a week off and I'm like, oh. I don't even know where I want to pick back up. You know, <laughs> it's like, um, but, and I guess to some degree, the podcast can be like that for me too, where like the editing, I can, I can get into a funk where I'm like, I, I can't like visualize myself sitting down and doing it. And so I don't sit down and do it. Um, but here lately I've, i kind of swapped them. I guess I haven't been doing the woodworking as much. and been trying to catch up with the podcast yeah like this weekend we were watching just a ton of movies because um, we were trying to just kind of recharge you know yeah <laughs> and while we were working on some different stuff and uh and so while we were doing that i made some comment like i was critiquing some movie that we finished watching um, and I said like, man, that's, that's what I should do. I should start like a series on the blog where I just bash whatever movie it is that I'm watching, or if it's decent, <laughs> like, you know, like I can, I can say that too. Um, but just make it like super short. I mean, I, it's not even to say that the, that there isn't, that I don't find value in like the long, very in-depth movie reviews, but sometimes oh, I you just want to know, know like, should I watch this or not? Right. Especially mm. this day and age with all this stuff that they make on Netflix, I mean, the number of movies I have seen in the last year where I'm like, "Hey, this movie's okay. Yeah, it had some questionable things here or there, but I'm really kind of enjoying this. And then it gets like to the last 10, 15 minutes, and they literally had no idea what to do. <laughs> and they probably filmed 10 different endings, and this was the one that, quote unquote, "tested best." And I'm like, "Who the f- did you test this on? Because it's flaming garbage.
1: I saw your review on the Old Guard. I thought that was a good movie.
0: I liked the Old Guard. It was all that in a bag of chips.
1: Yeah, I saw. Well, I saw that too.
0: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I, no, the Flaming Garbage was the take, uh, which I was really disappointed because I really like Idris Elba. Like, I
1: I don't know if I really do or not. I think, um, like, I don't like the most of the roles that he, he's in. Basically, like, I think he's been typecasted and.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I wouldn't disagree with that. That that movie if anything i think was maybe proof of that and then they for some reason they got richard madden uh aka rob stark to okay. <laughs> <laughs> to do the worst not the worst uh one of the worst american accents or attempts at an american accent that i've ever heard um and it was just it's like it, it was okay you were kind of like uh, nah maybe And then it was like, we're going to go full on action. And you were like, oh, okay. The pace picked up and I'm not really caring that these things, that's just blowing up left and right. And then again, like it got to the end and it was just like, fuck, what are we going to (laughs) do? And they just couldn't come up with anything. That was something like the old guard. I thought they really, they did a good job. Um, I've got, I've got, I don't even know, probably like 12 or 13 movies that, Because it's not just the ones we watched this weekend, but then going back and thinking about all of the stuff that we've watched recently and trying specifically to look for things that we haven't talked about on the podcast, too, necessarily. Although now, obviously, I'm talking about it. But that's because I want to introduce the series. Um... (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, as part of that, I've also gotten into doing some more social media marketing stuff you know and on two podcasts ago i was talking about how my tendency is to get like a couple of pieces of content and be like all right i'm scheduling this one in the next five minutes and then the other one for five minutes after that you're like i want to get it out there and then immediately get that like all right how is this performing like i mean (laughs) our audience is relatively small at this point on the social media channel so we don't get like a ton of impressions or engagement but i've had to adjust my mindset to slow down pace things out a little bit spread them out like it's okay chris <laughs> you know?
1: yeah i think you're having like uh, just muscle memory
0: yeah <laughs> i think that's part of it i mean yeah the uh The old curator role kind of comes like, all right, man, let's get this out in the world and see what happens. Yeah, your
1: muscle memory is like messing you up there. (laughs) Like You probably (laughs) want to remember like our audience is not that big, although everybody that is appreciated, but it's not that big.
0: You know, it's one of those, again, I think as we've talked about this before, I wish we had more in-depth analytics. I understand why it is that we are in the situation that we are in with social media marketing and all of this like the digital f- footprint that we leave everywhere that we go because from the other side of things it's just like it's a curiosity you know you want for me I want to know how people are engaging with this do people like this are are the stats that I'm seeing in SoundCloud legit Yeah, you know um, I I <laughs>
1: I am not that um, tied to social media. Like I, I just don't, I really just, I'm not invested in it and I don't care about it. I understand it as a, um, I almost hate to call it a marketing tool, you know, because I think that it, it still robs from what people are, why they're doing it. Um, Yeah. I just, I get annoyed by it. It's just like, huh? I mean, my,
0: my social media, my personal social media experience I think, becomes less enjoyable each and every day. Yeah. There isn't an update. There isn't a new platform that gets released that improves my experience with social media, what I get out of social media. I mean, what, whatever it is, unless you happen to be one of those people that is just leaping from whatever platform to the next, the moment that the ads come in, then you're stuck in this. Like, it's just this hellhole of advertising, constant advertising.
1: Yeah. I I look at our uh, podcast, Twitter feed every now and then just to kind of see if I, maybe I'm wrong. I'm not wrong. It's just, (laughs) It's it's awful. It's mind numbing. It's like, wow, people get really riled up about these things. What's, um,
0: but again, it's like I think it's so much that people just wanna they just want to piss other people off. It's not even necessarily you, that they really believe a lot of that. It's it, or even if they do, it, it's not about being right. It's just—it's like watch me piss these people off. Let me see have, how much of a have you reaction watched I think. the
1: social dilemma yet? Still
0: haven't watched that. Yet. It's on I mean, Netflix. I think
1: that a lot of those things are probably why developers typically. They're either very guarded about which social media platforms they use, or they don't use them at all. Um, because they I think that, huh?
0: it because they know?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's just like, you know, when they're talking about the design of Facebook, where you pull down to get it to refresh and the, the uh, emotional like reaction you have to seeing what's going to be next, or if there's going to be something next. I'm like, yeah, the psychology of that is addictive. You know, um, and I don't know what the intent is like, you know, I I do use Google products and I know that they do advertise to me based on my uh, browsing history and they target ads to me, but there are things I've actually looked at. But I also make sure I prune things, you know, I'll actually close an ad and it, it gives you options sometimes. Why don't you like this ad? It's irrelevant. I don't mind seeing things that are relevant to me. I just mind when it's like a bunch of crap, you know? Um,
0: well, and that's, that, those are the things that drive me nuts. It's, it is the, the irrelevancy, especially in this day and age, you know? And one of the, like one of my experiences most recently that I think is just proof of how flawed the, the, some of these systems and theories kind of are on marketing Um I, in an attempt to just kind of, I don't know, I won't even get into why really, (laughs) Okay. (laughs) but I removed my relationship status from Facebook. Can you guess what it is that my feed on Facebook and Instagram have been filled with ever since then?
1: Oh, dating apps.
0: Yeah. And every time I hide one and say, why? Because it's irrelevant. Right the very next time i load facebook boom here's another one i mean it was facebook dating at first right they hit me with an ad then it was you know i mean on and on and on not to mention how many freaking dating apps are there now yeah it's gotten uh, out of control <laughs>
1: I, I don't i don't uh, i think we not. need to
0: have uh, we need to have an agency put in charge of regulating these dating app services <laughs> at this point
1: or, or people can just go meet people i well, i
0: yeah but not well I, not anymore because how do you i mean uh, that's the other thing with these dating apps right i put it i put some picture up and all i have to do is look like that from the from the eyes the eyes <laughs> up i can match a haircut eye color boom <laughs>
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't know, dude. You can't I, I can't see his beard
0: eat. underneath that that mask. I can tuck it up like this. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's it's uh, one of those things where it's like I, I, I'm not torn on how I feel about social media. I'm pretty, I think I'm pretty uh, consistent about how I feel about. It. But I just don't get why people are so addicted to it. Well, the word "addicted" means there's a problem. But that's where I get stuck. I, I don't know what the use, the real use case is for social media, even from a software standpoint. If the intent was to connect people, okay, but now you have to monetize them. Like none of this stuff and we've said this for months now. It's not free. Like you are the product. Uh, that's why I think you'd really enjoy the social dilemma. I think it's a lot of things we've talked about, just in general as it come, you know, as it relates to that. But it's also, wow, it's it's really becoming a problem. Now, I don't know if I necessarily agree with the, the, the stance that social media can destroy democracy. I just think that people need to, you know, be willing to learn again. I think that's probably more of the problem. Whether yeah. that, you know, how do you disseminate information? How do you... What information do you use? If something intrigues you, do you find out multiple sources? Do you actually do research before you start spouting off stuff or is it all fly by night, uh, type of conversation? Those, those are things that just, you know, a list, small list of things that go through my mind.
0: Yeah. But see, I think the thing that you're maybe forgetting is that you are not solving the problem by escaping social media because like if, All of the parents were on all of the social media channels, then the next generation would grow up hating social media, (laughs) and we'd solve all of this. So, what we really need is everybody to get on social media all at once. We'll crash the system,
1: (laughs) but parents and adults are always like
0: two platforms behind. I know that's why it's a joke that we obviously (laughs) obviously that isn't the solve, but no, I mean, I think. You know, it'll be it'll be interesting to see because I think a lot of it, right, That we've kind of over the last 10, 15 years, it's these kids that are growing up with the Internet, growing up with social media, growing up with all of these technology, like access to, you know, devices and stuff like that. And what the impact is on them. I mean, I have a kid that has a tablet, but we and even like TV and stuff, we've gotten to the point where it's like, OK, there's a limit on how much time you spend in front of that screen every day. And it's a pretty short amount of time because even in yesterday, like when she was, she had a uh, you know day off from school, and so she's home and she finished her chores and everything early, and she went and watched her hour of television. And then I had something I had to do; I had like a call that I had to be on, and so I was like, "Okay, you're gonna have forty five minutes more of television." That extra forty five minutes had a huge impact in her behavior the rest of the day. Really? Yeah. Huh. And so, I mean, not every kid is that way. That's something that I've noticed in her in particular is when she spends an an extended amount of time on technology, whether it's TV or tablet or, you know, a phone or something like that, that she just kind of gets into this, I don't know, it kind of like winds her up, you know, and then it, it's a lot, we tend to get a lot more attitude and, That sort of thing. So trying to find ways that... you know, And part of it is that, I mean, I was guilty for a long time of saying, go watch TV, go play on your tablet, right? Because I wanted to do something that wasn't sitting down and playing Legos or playing a game of Uno or, you know, even when she was a little younger and there weren't as many of those kind of like semi-grown-up activities that you can do. So that's been my change lately is trying to say, okay, instead of... Going and watching TV, like, why don't we play a game? You know, we can draw, you know, some pictures together. We could work on a project, like do a science experiment, come up with something that is more engaging, you know, because like, I mean, yeah, it's nice to sit down and watch a little bit of TV every now and then. But it shouldn't no, I, be the thing I, I can
1: did. totally see that because I, when I think about my daughter's age, um, like um, there probably weren't that many extra distractions when she was younger. Um, and I've watched her over the years get more connected with things. And it's like, oh, that's interesting. Um, even the difference between her and my sons, it's, you know, she's the youngest and it's a, it's very noticeable. But when you think about what happens to a younger child, I guess that actually makes sense. Um, hmm, it's interesting. But seeing what have, happens in the
0: future... Part. You know, just in terms of like, I mean, maybe not her generation, but the generation after that, Are are do they grow up and see social media in a different light because of stuff like, you know, what we've learned about it now that it's not something where you go into it somewhat blind, maybe. I mean, I know that people like you and I who have worked, but kind of, you know, in a sense behind the scenes on those types of things had a much maybe a much clearer idea of what was really going on and a better understanding and are therefore more informed and able to kind of make better decisions on those kinds of things.
1: I mean, but you're probably, you're probably right because when you look at even uh, television usage and you look at what younger people, like even millennials consider television, like millennials and younger consider television, uh, YouTube or like, snippets of something off the internet they don't really consider it as traditional television so
0: tick tock baby
1: tick tock yeah those, those you know watching people play video games that's a form of entertainment so it's i think you're thing. probably right yeah um i still don't get that i just i
0: <laughs> i mean and it's it's funny because again like growing up when there weren't a ton of multiplayer you know like where you played at the same time games like You were playing Mario, you were sitting there watching somebody else play video games, right? While you waited for your turn. But that's just it. Like, you still had a turn usually.
1: But then came Double Dragon.
0: Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. (laughs) But these kids, I mean, like my daughter, I, you know, I try to get her to play games sometimes. And like, we tried to play Minecraft, and she'll play for a little bit, but then she's always like, Here, I got stuck. Can you move me? I'll be like, All right, here you go. And then two seconds later, I got stuck again. Can you move me? You know, and I'm like, Okay, like I want to play two
1: here. <laughs> you figure it out.
0: Yeah. That's... So yeah, then I, I put on Madden and I ran up the score and she got really upset and I <laughs> spiked the ball in her face. And
1: I mean, I started my daughter out playing Madden when she had the coordination and like it, I think it was Madden 20 probably a couple months into it, she just stopped playing with me. Yeah. And she says it's because I'm no fun. I'm like, no, it's probably because you lose.
0: It's just the opposite. I'm too much yeah. fun.
1: <laughs> I actually played a game of Madden before we started uh, recording tonight. Cause I was, so I've been, uh, and, and I get what you're saying about social media, but I think just in general, it's our, uh, our use of technology. And I've been reading, uh, trying to read like two chapters a night. So I can just Think about other things, um, but I do think that whether it's COVID or whether it's just our society where we are right now, like we're just way inundated with distractions and stuff, and, and I think social media plays a, a heavy part in that.
0: Yeah, and it's because um, I
1: give me know, one second. I'm yeah, gonna go kill. <laughs> There's a point in your age when you just have to say one word and everything gets quiet. Hey.
0: Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <Is> that... <laughs> I gotta learn that. <laughs> or maybe I'm just not at that age yet. Maybe my yeah, voice it, it, my voice not... hasn't dropped low enough. It happens at
1: different stages for everybody, but there's an age. I'm I not can't sure wait to it. go
0: through puberty. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: But yeah, I, uh, I, I don't know. I don't want to, I'm not impressed with social, with social media as anything more than like a, I think it's for me, it's still like group messaging set. <laughs> and I try to, I, I've definitely tuned it out because I don't participate. And it's hard for me to accept that YouTube is social media, but, uh I rarely look at the comments. Well, and that, yeah. I
0: mean, but that's part of it is that it depends right again on kind of how, like how you choose to integrate, interact with it. And cause I'm with you. Like I rarely use the comments. No, I shouldn't say I rarely use the comments. I rarely interact with the comments unless it's trying to validate what the, what is in the video. Like, because normally when I'm on YouTube, it's I'm trying to figure out how to do something in audacity. I'm, you know, reading a review about the mixer that I want to buy. And sure, this guy says this. Is the general consensus in the comments that, yep, this is awesome, thanks so much, you know, or is it this guy has no idea what he's talking about, blah, blah, blah. And there's plenty of those people out there because obviously anybody can have a YouTube channel. I mean, any Joe Schmo with a freaking microphone and a computer can make a podcast. Like, geez, no talent hacks. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Yeah, I, I just find it very like I I don't know. I I don't want to not like social media. I, I believe it plays it does play a part in connecting people. Um outside of that, I'm just not overly impressed with it. I
0: I yeah. just it, it I mean, and I can understand that because I think it's gotten to a point where I mean, the whole I don't even want to say the whole purpose of it because and and I I don't know. There's there's part of me that, I mean, I'm still on social media. I, I still post stuff to Instagram and Facebook. Like, those are the two places, really, that I that I post anything about myself. They're probably the worst places for me to post Yeah, they are.
1: And they are the same place.
0: Yeah, they are. I mean, that's why they end up in those two places. But Facebook is where basically all of my extended family that I don't see that often are located. And... Instagram, I don't even know with Instagram, like, (laughs) I, for a while, Instagram was like, oh, it's Facebook without all the crap. And then all the crap moved to Instagram because Facebook bought Instagram. And yeah, it really is like, it's, it's more or less just an extension of Facebook. And so I, I mean, I'm, I, I don't know. I've been kind of wondering lately, like, why do I, because I I got my Google photos thing. I could just send share links to all my family and be like, yo, you want to see pictures of me here?
1: Here they are. Yep. And I think that social media has become the middleman and they figure out a way to monetize and monetize. Well, they have, um,
0: don't the middlemen always.
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I, in, I just, in what situation I does the middleman ever helped anybody <laughs> other than himself?
1: Yeah, I don't know. I um, I struggle with. It. I hope people figure that out. Uh, and I know email is an addictive. Well, not really an addictive technology. Um,
0: yeah, they like to play email up. Like it was. Oh, I got an email. I got to check it right away. Uh, like the preview notifications on my phone basically solved that problem for me. Yeah. That and filters. Yeah, you know, like I, I get to a point where I'm like, okay, this is getting annoying. I don't need to see this in my inbox every day, so filter. I'll check this once a week,
1: or unsubscribe, or you know, there's, yeah, there's, exactly, there's. Of-
0: I did yeah. a huge purge recently, you know, like, and E Area still keeps emailing me.
1: <laughs> oh man, <laughs> oh. I mean it's i I did everything but call them and say look if you guys don't stop i'm just going to report everything and i'm going to super report it i'm going to report it to where your email uh, service provider says you guys are gone
0: that's who i need to reach out to
1: and you know who they is. i doubt that's changed
0: i mean i'm sure i could reach the same customer service (laughs) what's up valeria i know you're listening (laughs) Oh, maybe that's who's listening in the Ukraine. I think she was in Romania, but.
1: (laughs) That's funny. Sports. So, uh, yeah, I played Madden. The Broncos are sucking wind, man. Like, I literally played uh, Tampa versus the Broncos. I won. I played the Broncos versus. uh, But did you
0: have Drew Locke?
1: Yeah, that's. I was just about to say that now. Are Here's the call. Drixel. Drixel? Oh, Driscoll.
0: Driscoll. Yeah, yeah. From Driscoll. Florida.
1: Yeah. And it's it's like, that's all I got now. I just got mad because my season's shot, man. Like,
0: So you know how my superpower is normally being able to relate everything to like a movie or something like that? Yeah. You know that my other superpower is being able to relate everything to NC State. Do
1: you I'm sure know how I
0: can relate this to NC State? Oh, please do. it's not Bradley Chubb obviously because that would just be too easy uh no so Jeff Driscoll was the quarterback at the University of Florida and unless I am mistaken which I rarely am when it comes to Wolfpack knowledge a certain former Wolfpack quarterback a Mr. Jacoby Brissett was also the quarterback at the University of Florida at the same time. And it was Mr. Driscoll who was who won the starting quarterback job and ultimately led to Jacoby Brissett leaving Florida and attending North Carolina State University. Wow. Useless knowledge I know, but here I am with it. And now you're all cursed with it too, so thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, I don't know, man. I mean, if I had to pick between Jeff Driscoll and Jacoby Brissett now, I'm pretty sure I know exactly who I take. I'm sure you'd much rather see Brissett out there slinging the rock than Driscoll. I mean,
1: they're. I mean, right now Denver's just play with uh, with injuries, and I yeah. I I can't even. I, I'm over it. Like, as a fan, I'm just like, crap, man.
0: I mean, you said it last week. Like, this is a lost season for the majority of fans. It's, there's going to be, I mean, really, there's going to be one team, which is no different than every year. But there's going to be one team at the end of this year that goes, I am so glad we played football. And almost every other team is probably going to sit there and go, this was a stupid season. We never should have played. The only reason we didn't win the Super Bowl was because of injuries or those shitty refs in that one game. (laughs)
1: <laughs> Devonte Harris, Philip Lindsay, Trey
0: Marshall. I mean, my Oh yeah, I mean you guys have just been completely decimated. There's nobody. You, I mean, it's I, I'll be honest, the Seahawks uh defense especially in the secondary is starting to look like a freaking mash unit too. I mean, they got guys that they called up off the practice squad that are catching interceptions to end games and, you know, uh, scoring their first career sacks against Dak Prescott at the 30 yard line going in. And I'm just, I mean, uh, you know, I think I've talked about before. I am not a guy that sits there. And when my team plays, I, I put it on TV and sit down and watch. No, 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 no. I can't handle that. Are you kidding me? My heart wasn't made for that. What I do is watch for like the notifications on ESPN to pop up, or I'm like, all right, Phillip Rivers or, you know, Russell Wilson just scored a touchdown. Great. You know, Seahawks are up. And then I'll see like, you know, the Colts are trailing. I'm like, stupid fucking Colts. I don't want to watch. <laughs> but then I'll be like, oh, crap, this game's really close. There's two minutes left. I can handle two minutes of this. <laughs> so I tuned into the last two minutes of the Seattle-Dallas game, and I mean, wow! Like I saw, I saw the touchdown. Not, it wasn't it wasn't just the last two minutes, but I saw the touchdown that, uh, Russell threw uh, to Metcalf, and then watched the rest of it. And I mean, that was just. I feel like this is the new NFL that we're just going to see all the time. Say, for like one team is going to be good on defense every year, but everybody else is just going to be abysmal. Martin. And it's just going to be 35 to 42 every single game every week. I, I, I... <sighs> because that's what sells. I mean, that's what's, uh, that's what we've gotten to in this age of. You know, it's if you're not sacking, intercepting, fumbling, or scoring a touchdown, who the hell gives a shit? I mean, even like your one handed grabs, if you aren't really scoring a touchdown, nobody cares.
1: Nobody cares. I just think they should get rid of their uh, direct TV football package so yes. I can pay for all the Broncos games. Because, I,
0: yeah, I don't get it. I mean, come on. Like in this day and age where they clearly understand that no matter where you live, Like, you have a team that you root for, right? Oh, definitely. I mean, their commercials all the time show that people live in areas where they don't have teams that they should really be rooting for, but they do it anyways. And as a, you know, very, I mean, he's been there eight years now? Longer? I can't even remember. Oh, it's 2020. He's been like, what is it, 15 years? No. My math. How many years has Russell been in the league? (laughs) Um... No, oh, I mean Rivers it. has been in for 17.
1: So Russell I think he's 12 years.
0: Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, 5 years in between them. But yeah, still I mean the dude's been for so for 12 years I've been a fan of the Seattle Seahawks. And the only time I get to watch them is when they're playing on Sunday night, Monday night, Thursday night or they're playing the Carolina Panthers. That's true. <laughs> and I know you feel it too. I mean, that's that's life as a fan outside of your local area. Yeah. You know, and I mean, I'm lucky that, I mean, you're stuck in this position this year.
1: Eight years.
0: Eight years? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Eight years. That makes more sense.
1: Yeah. I was like, uh, Yeah, because he's 32. Yeah. Yeah. I, I checked myself. I couldn't do Matthew. No, 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 no. So.
0: You're good. At least I didn't correct you in public this time. You corrected yourself. <laughs> <laughs> so no, you can't yell at me later. Um. Yeah. I, that guy. I mean, he should have had six touchdowns if Metcalf hadn't let that stupid one go in the end zone. But Russell just—I mean—and then you get the game last night with Mahomes and Jackson going to head-to-head. I mean, I, I'm at this point, the fact that people think Josh Allen is like a dark horse candidate for MVP is the biggest joke in the world. It's going to be one of those three. It's going to be Mahomes, Wilson, or Jackson, and Josh Allen. I get it, Bills fans. You know, like what you've won one playoff game. Stop,
1: stop! You can't, you can't even say that. That's like saying, "Hey, Cleveland, you're okay. You guys are having a pretty good start."
0: I'm sorry. What team do I root for?
1: You you can't say you get it to Bills fans. They they shouldn't. They're. I'm an
0: NC State fan. (sighs) I would argue that the Buffalo Bills have had more success. In the last 20 years than NC State. <laughs> You're probably right. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not even just talking football. I'm talking basketball, too. I mean, what? You're two right. sweet 16s? And I love Kevin Keats. Don't get me wrong. Like, I think the guy's got, you know, good potential. He just needs to get some freaking recruits in there. But it's... Right. I, I didn't
1: mean to... Like, I
0: know. And I'm just teasing. Like, look, I I do. I get... Josh Allen is... is Better, has been better than I ever thought he would be in the NFL. He was one of those guys, uh, him and like Carson Wentz, who has looked so bad. I mean, the number of people now that are in Philly that are like, get rid of Doug Peterson. We don't care that he won a Super Bowl literally three years ago. Because now they're like, you know who it was? It was Frank Reich. (laughs) I Frank Reich was the guy that was the real, you know, he's the only reason that Nick Foles was successful in that off. Okay, first off, Nick Foles is literally successful in every single offense he goes. As long as he is the guy replacing somebody else, right? You cannot hand him the keys and let him <laughs> st- drive the bus to start. But when the bus driver gets shot in the middle of the movie. He's you know the guy that comes from the middle of the pack back and he's like he pushes him out of the way and then he s- pushes the door open and kicks the dead bus driver out and he's driving the bus the rest. Of- he's Sandra you're, Bullock. You're, That's you're who saying, he is. He is Sandra Bullock. Call, um, I'm so- <laughs> he's not Keanu Reeves. <laughs> <laughs> he's Sandra oh, Bullock. Good. Clearly. All I don't right. think she kicked the dead guy out the door. Um, <laughs> <didn't>. <laughs> That's what she should have done. So let's talk about Bubba Wallace in Jordan. Yeah.
1: What is what's up with that? You probably know more about it than I do. I saw that. not
0: really. I I'm a token uh, NASCAR fan more than anything. Okay. But uh, so what we had started to talk about at the end of last episode was his time at Richard Petty uh, Petty Racing, Petty Motorsports, whatever it is that they call. Um, you know, Richard Petty himself is obviously. Probably, I mean, I mean, he's the the greatest racer in NASCAR history, right? He's the yeah. king. There's a reason they call him the king. I had the pleasure of meeting him once. I got my picture taken with him. It's somewhere. Not that that matters, but because that was before social media, so I, so I literally printed on a piece of paper. So I have to scan it <laughs> and then post it on social media these days. No. Uh, <laughs> but as great as Richard is. Petty Motorsports is not Hendrick racing. They're not. They are a development team. And by that, it's kind of like, you know, that you have the feeder leagues in soccer. Right. Right. And stuff like that. So that's kind of what petty racing is. And that's what a lot of the smaller teams are. They're out there because they can make a little bit of money. Right. Because they love racing. Um, Because if you do really, really well, you can make a good amount of money in one season. But anytime that you have a really successful driver, you know that ultimately they're going to move up to another program. And the reason that is, is because that other program, in addition to having money, right, lots and lots of money for racing development, you have multiple cars. And the thing that multiple cars gets you is, A, you can test different things, right? So you can kind of get a sense or you you can test more things when you go to practice, qualifying even during race day you could the other thing that you get is you get more conversation and communication amongst drivers so when you're on a team together you're constantly communicating unless you got some asshole like kyle bush which i just wanted to bash on kyle bush because okay um i don't know that he's actually a bad teammate but he's just guy seems like such a douche. You, it's just one of those things where you talk about what the racetrack's doing, what the car's doing, you know, giving, like, sharing advice and stuff like that. And so that's one of the things that some people are a little concerned about with this this foray for him, with Michael Jordan and Denny Hamlin, is that their plan for this first year is to only have one car. Now, the hopes is that with Bubba and Michael and Denny – there's enough there that they get additional sponsorship to then bring in more cars and more drivers. So you can expand the team. That's that's what people outside, I'm sure that's what they would kind of like to do as well. But it's hard when you're competing with Joe Gibbs Racing and Hendrick Motorsports and all these guys that have billion dollar, you know, facilities in Charlotte where they've got their own wind tunnels. You know, I mean, like that's that's where the sport has gotten at this point because ultimately, unlike a lot of the other racing like F1 and IndyCar The advances that have happened in NASCAR in a lot of ways have almost been – I mean, they've been two-sided. It's like speed and safety, right? They got the speed part, and then they started killing too many drivers, so then they had to put all the safety stuff in. And that's – I mean, that's usually how it goes. It's how it went with cars in America, right? Like, we got too fast. We started killing ourselves, and then we're like, okay, shit, fine. We got to put seatbelts in because we can't trust people to freaking just drive at a normal speed. Um, (laughs) But in NASCAR, I mean, these – these guys are literally, it's like trying, it's, it's, it's almost like driving a boat on a racetrack, you know, like that's how these things handle. They're not the nimble agile vehicles that you see, you know, they call, are like trying to steer a brick right into the wind. It's just, it's hard. you you spend so much of your time sawing at the wheel to get the car because you can't just hold it in place. If you hold it in place, the car turns too far. If you tilt like a quarter inch the other way, it goes up the racetrack. And so you're constantly just having to seesaw back and forth that quarter inch to stay as close to you as you can on that line. And then you got the imperfect racetracks and the bank turns and everything. I mean, it's just it's a lot. Um, And so every advantage that you have is going to be magnified ultimately in this sport these days. And it's not, you know, it's not the days where guys could tinker in their garage with a single car and roll out to the track and go win a race. Um, it's it's really, really hard to do because on top of the car and the driver and, and all that, you have all the other components on the the team, you know, where you've got the, the pit crew, so you got your pit stops. You know, I mean, <laughs> the number of times as a Dale Earnhardt Jr. fan, that I watched him lose races because his pit crew botched something. Like I, I I can't even, and it's the most frustrating thing even as a fan to sit there and watch. Cause you're like, dude's the best driver out He's got the fastest car, but he keeps falling 10 spots behind because they lose a wrench. They drop a lug nut. You know, the tire doesn't get put on, right. They don't get enough gas in the car. So he's got to pin an extra stop. It's like all these little things over the, over the course of the race add up.
1: So does it help Bubba or does it hurt him with uh, going to work with Jordan?
0: I think, I mean, I think Bubba's, like, his, I mean, his stature in the sport, right, I think was already kind of, I don't know that it changes anything in that regard, because it's not moving, there's a, I think it's good, and and it's, it has its pros and its cons, like so many things. I will say, ultimately, I think it's a good move for him to go from petty racing to this upstart team. I think there's a lot of potential. There's more potential for growth and development at the new Michael Jordan, Denny Hamlin deal than there was for him to stay at Petty Racing. I think that's a good move. I think in another sense, it's also good that he's not jumping to a Hendrick Motorsports or a Joe Gibbs Racing because then he's not going to be the guy. You know, he's, he's going to be number three or number four on a team there where you've got Kyle Busch or, you know, I, I can't even remember who's racing for Hendrick these days since junior left, but, uh, and Jimmy Johnson and, and Jeff Gordon, but it's like, you're not going to be the guy that they're giving all of the resources to. You're often going to be the guy that's kind of like getting the third best car every week. Right. And that's not always how it plays out. Sometimes your team gets the right setup and it works better in your car than it does in the other team's cars. And so you know, or you're just a better driver, so you can have better weeks as well, obviously. But um, it's tricky. I think it'll, I'm really curious to see how it'll play out. I think, you know, Bubba has proven himself as a pretty capable driver to this point. I think he's also proven himself capable of handling all of the stuff that comes with being, I mean, essentially the only black driver in NASCAR. Um, I don't even know why I put essentially. <laughs>
1: But you did. But I did. Uh,
0: So, yeah. So, yeah, that's my seven and a half minute rant on NASCAR.
1: I mean, I'm just I'm curious to see what it does, if it really and truly opens up the sport more. Um, So I think with a lot of the press for Bubba Wallace, it's given uh, some additional eyes from non-white fans. And maybe that gives uh, because when I was in high school, there was like this period of time where people were running around wearing NASCAR jackets. I never did that, um, but you can see, like, a, probably more of an acceptance of the sport if you have, like, a Jordan backing. And although there we, – we love Jordan, but we argue about some of the things Jordan has done and said over the years. Like,
0: <laughs> Yeah, uh, you know, it's um... –
1: My only thing for Jordan is he is the greatest basketball player of all time.
0: Yeah, um, and you can't take that away bit. from him. Really. Yeah. You know, I mean like and 6 titles, like I mean that's insane. 3 th- 2 three-peats. I mean that that in and then to to go do a three-peat, retire, go play baseball and then come back and say I want to go win three more titles in a row. And to do it, who cares what? Like I mean, dude could just go do whatever he wants at this point. I mean not whatever, but professionally, like him, you know, owning the Hornets, him playing for the the Wizards, like if if this team falls apart completely, it doesn't matter. I I mean, it's not like none of that stuff is ultimately going to tarnish Michael Jordan's legacy. It's time for politics. Uh, I think it's interesting, and I don't know if you have any input on this, but or any thoughts on it? Jordan was always kind of famous for his quote about, and I know he's often misquoted, but so I'm going to misquote him too <laughs> about, you know, Republicans buy sneakers too, right? And I know it's not what he said, right? But I do kind of. It is kind of interesting that, I mean, Bubba Wallace has been very front and center and not shy about speaking up about what's been going on and black lives matter and his support for some of that stuff. And historically that's always kind of been a position that Jordan has somewhat, I mean, not even necessarily shied away from, but kind of been like, Hey, that's for other people to say like, um, so I don't know what, I mean, as, as a Jordan fan, sort of, I'm not a Jordan fan. You're a huge Jordan fan. You're a they, giant Jordan fanboy. You know like, you
1: I respect him. I respect his game. Don't don't misquote don't, me. Either.
0: Don't misquote me. <laughs> Quotably misquoted.
1: <laughs> like he's like a he's in Tom Brady status for me. It's like, yeah, I respect the game, but so I'm what not. you're
0: saying is we need to do our top ten NBA players so you can leave him off of it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> definitely true. That would definitely happen.
0: We should do a top ten NBA players though. I could uh, actually come up with a good list.
1: All of mine would be from like the 90s. <laughs>
0: like, well, So would mine.
1: Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. That might be fun. Um I, I think that, you know, I, I will give some of the people in the world uh, this uh, one statement. Black people are not a monolith, right? And it's very dangerous that a lot of times just because somebody has celebrity, we assume that – he or she may speak for the entire culture. And um, honestly, I don't, I mean, I don't have a, you know, if he said that it's totally not wrong. I mean, the guy's trying to, I mean, we're all trying to get that paper and I'm going to be honest with you. Like I'm not going to sell my sell. I'm not going to sell out, but I also understand like business is business. And a lot of times it's not personal. So um, now As long as business doesn't impede on your principles, I really don't care. You know? So I I would I would accredit that statement if he said it and whatever correct words he used, I wouldn't fault him for it.
0: Yeah. And I I I don't either, just to just to clarify. But it is one of those things that always kinda gets brought up with him, you know, And, and when it comes to people like for whatever reason and I know we do this all the time with our with athletes and celebrities and so it's like, oh, what does LeBron think about the Black Lives Matter movement? And it's like, LeBron may have his thoughts, cool. Yeah. But why do why does it matter what LeBron thinks? I mean, is LeBron the president of the United States? Is LeBron <laughs> like in some some position of authority to enact actual like lawful change? I mean, not saying well, he can't influence it, right?
1: Yeah, that's that's the thing that you know, black people. And, and a lot of non-white people like think about how Pacquiao got taken down for his comments. Oh yeah. yeah like he got chopped off in the knees, but those are his personal beliefs. those that's those are things that are like in his culture, in his country, that is the mainstream thinking. So who am I to like for black people, when you think about Muhammad Ali, you think about you know a lot of people like whether a lot of celebrities in our history, have had to be the voice for the community. And it's a natural uh it's a natural process for us to understand what you know we may see them as leaders in some aspects what do they think about it? And
0: I guess I I just kind of I, I Sorry, I don't mean to cut you off, but I, I did, on that specific point about like Muhammad Ali, I feel like that was something that he very much embraced, right? It wasn't really, I, I mean, maybe I'm wrong because I didn't grow up in that time, but just in my knowledge of what kind of happened that, you know, he was like, yeah, I'm not going to Vietnam and I'm more than happy to kind of talk about it. And it wasn't so much people like running up to him and being like, hey, you know, stuff's going on in Vietnam, Muhammad, what do you think, right? I think it was more like, the whole draft thing happened and him saying he wasn't going to go. And then it became this, but he had already kind of made his statement. And I feel like in a lot of cases now it's more the media, you know, or people in, you know, like journalists and stuff like that, that are going and, and kind of sticking a mic in people's faces and say, well, what, what are your thoughts on this? As opposed to like somebody saying, Hey, I have thoughts on this that I want to share. I don't know. I just, maybe it's not a huge distinction, but.
1: Um, But remember, like he changed his name from Cassius Clay, and he made a lot, a lot of those things like came up. um, Yeah, came up then when Ahmad Rashad changed his name from—I can't even remember his birth name—when he changed his name to Ahmad Rashad, same things happened to him. And it's—it's one of those things where, and not to go into this cultural like rabbit hole, like we as. A culture typically don't have voices that are heard by multiple people, and we we kind of lean on the people that have a seat at the table. Although I'm I'm a firm believer in, nah, I just want my own table. Um, if you're not going to let me sit at the table, I'll make my own. And, but I have to understand there are people that have those those positions. Like I I don't look at their celebrity as overall leadership. I think they can probably lend a voice to people that that don't have a voice. Um, And it, it, it gets kind of tricky when you, when you start, when you look at civil rights and, and athletes or celebrities, that's where it it gets really complicated because I may not agree. Like I've said before, I've been agreeing with a lot more black voices about the policy than I have before. I I may not like everything they say, but I sure as hell believe like the policy is right. You know, we can work out the details on how we get there because we're probably going to disagree again. Um, and I think that's what's important. And for black people, in my opinion, and I'm not speaking for all black people, I just think that we, that's where we end up with that, that comment Jordan may make, or we may want to know what LeBron thinks because you see little white kids running around with LeBron jersey all day, little white kids out there buying Jordans. We want to, you know, if you can accept them, you're probably going to listen to what they're their opinion is on said subject and I, and I it's just i don't know and i again i don't agree on e- with how people say everything they say but i may i'm finding myself more and more agreeing with the, what what the policy is or what they're striving to do and i think that the and i believe that the problem that we're having now is that it's um a lot of these messages are getting cheapened by just like and i don't well maybe it's the news media. Maybe it's just the marketing ploy with how we craft headlines, but we're missing some of the, you know, the real part of the message a lot. That's kind of where I'm at with that. And that's a lot of rambling, but that's kind of how I feel about it.
0: No, I don't. I mean, I, I didn't feel like it was rambling. Um, I think, you know, my concern (laughs) as a white guy is that like we like white people become the ones asking the questions, right? Like, you know that it's that it's it's like the white community going to Michael Jordan and saying, you know, well, what are your thoughts on this? Or the white community basically going to, uh, you know, LeBron and saying, hey, we want to know what you think on Black Lives Matter. And I don't know. I just I, that's
1: that's why my and I don't I don't want this to be taken out of context. I think. Black Lives Matter. a phrase is not a bad thing. I think the organization has taken a lot of hits and <laughs> yeah,
0: especially lately. <laughs> yeah.
1: and, and I don't I, I think that the the organization can support the movement of civil rights, period. Like I, I care more about civil rights than I do the organization. And this is not trying to say that the organization doesn't have good intent. but one thing about human nature is given enough time, you can rip apart a person or an organization for being evil or against the grain and you lose whatever momentum you have. Yep. And that's what I, you know, that's my concern or that's my, uh, my belief about black lives matter, the organization. I do believe black lives matter. Yeah. I think the more of the conversation should be about equality, civil rights. Um, it should be about, uh, all, a lot of different things than just focus on the organization. The organization is not—it's the least of my worries. It's the least of my concerns.
0: Yeah, I think I mean, I'm, and I certainly don't want this to be. Thank, thank goodness that we aren't—you know—having our conversations chopped up into bite-sized bits and shared, <laughs> so that this isn't taken out of context. Hopefully, but you know, it's almost like it's time to move on past the organization. You know, like to stop focusing so much on that and start looking at, like you said, what is the policy that needs to be enacted, right? To make sure that some of the things that we can all agree on that the movement and that the phrase Black Lives Matter ultimately stands for means. And, And like, let's get some of this stuff done. And that's the thing that I think, you know, even on the other side that isn't really maybe clearly understood is, this isn't just gonna go away. You know, no, like people aren't gonna go, okay. We you know, we asked you to give us, you know, fair treatment and you said no, but at least we asked, and you at least you answered. So we're just gonna go back to life how it was. Like this isn't going to stop until things are changed. And I mean, I'm glad, honestly, because it's about damn time. Um But yeah, I mean, you know, it's almost like we need a new hashtag <laughs> to go <You> know, with. <laughs> I know you hate that, and I'm not. I'm not serious. Yeah, that's
1: that, my but. frustration. It started. I mean, the organization started with a hashtag, right. and it opened itself up to all the. Uh...
0: Because what is a hashtag? I mean, what is social media ultimately? Like, it's all trends and fads and stuff like that. So, yeah, is I, that what you want? Like, you want you want the idea that black lives are important are as equally important as other lives to be a fad, to be something that people wear by the shirt to say, Hey, I remember in 2020 when black lives mattered.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, we've, we've done this many times in history and especially current history. Nine. Think about nine eleven. Think about, Uh, Katrina there's a lot of things that we do where there the the needs
0: George Bush hates white people or black people (laughs) but doesn't care about black people sorry (laughs) the
1: the needs of the many are, are disrupted by like this emotional like high and then once the high goes away nobody cares anymore and that's where it's like all right, stay focused on what you're trying to accomplish not so much on the things that can be attacked like you cannot you know let's for example, the Breonna Taylor, Taylor um, verdict. Yep. Um, you know when the when the Attorney General is on his his stump, basically. Like I I, I was kind of I don't ever want to say somebody's not black. I just want to be. I do want to say, yeah, you probably sold out just a little bit, bro, um, because your words were marked with like campaign speak. And for him to actually say, you know, people that don't live in Kentucky are going to give their opinions. My dude, like a lady was killed and the only charge that you found that was deemable was a bullet went into a neighbor's house. Like you can't even make that make sense to me. Yeah. Um, All of those other
0: bullets were not, you know, wanton endangerment, just the ones that missed.
1: Yeah. And. I was like, an endangerment? You got to be kidding me, yo!" They had like thirty-seven rounds, yeah. And I'm like, it just it just blows my mind. And, and I don't I'm not saying that I understood the evidence presented to the grand jury because I, I wasn't there. And I'm glad they're going to hopefully re- release that. I'm glad that actually it's kind of interesting because it gives you a glimpse of hope that maybe, just maybe, and this is how I look at it. If a juror was so, um, thought it was important enough to actually sue to have that stuff released, I think there's probably something that can, I don't know if it'll go back to trial, but I can tell you from the, if that's the case, then the evidence presented to that grand jury may or may not be lined up with the attorney general's words. And okay, that's fine. Then what's the next step, right? And that's where you can't lose focus of long game. And I think a lot of times, myself included, it's very, it's, it's very, very quick. I mean, it's very easy to quickly go into the short game mentality where you want immediate gratification.
0: Well, you know, it's funny because we were just talking about Muhammad Ali and the 70s and stuff like that. And you think about like the whole hippie movement and all of that very much you know, the whole, like, you know, free love hashtag peace, like, <laughs> right. Um, had a very similar kind of like road, very high. Everybody was like, this is amazing. Nobody ultimately wanted to sit down and put in the, the work that needed to be done to get the things changed that they wanted to change. And it was, it became, it, you know, became a distraction of, well, let's go get high and let's, you know, whatever else it is that that became more important than, any of the other message. And that's the kind of thing that we absolutely can't allow to happen now. You know what yeah. I mean? Like that's, that's one of the things that I worry about in our conversations about this is the more that we talk about this needing to change and not seeing that kind of momentum to come from other areas where it seems like everyone's just kind of content to sit behind this one face. And say kind of whatever it is that they're pushing is what we'll agree with. And
1: well, the, the funny thing about narratives is that, and, and I believe that people have a short memory when it comes to the pain points. Um, and unfortunately for our our country right now, this is this is an election year, and I am going to watch the <laughs> the debates tonight because I need to because I don't want to I don't want to get snippets, but the thing that's been blowing my mind lately is that, and we, we talked about this briefly the day before the other day, I've never in my life realized how much people crave and desire control and power. Sorry. I was like, I don't even want to say the word power because I think that's kind of, that's not the right definition of what they're looking for. I think it's more control. And then it made me go back into my my thoughts again about fear and the the fear of losing control of something. And this is gonna tie into this next point. And the one issue voter, like we gotta get well beyond that. Because these speed bumps that we keep parking on, they definitely prevent us from getting to where we're trying to go. And it, I I just can't you know I'm not so concerned about the Supreme Court justice nomination um, because if you hold, if you have fair legislation and you have fair state courts I mean you're probably never going to have to touch the Supreme Court if I'm being honest yeah so and I, th-
0: I, and I think even then like I mean the in general I think that the justices that are there have even shown at times right that they don't it's not just well i'm a conservative so i'm going to vote this way right like i mean the supreme court justices at least historically have to some degree kind of had some level of well i'm i need to really understand what it is and stick by my past decisions in terms of how I interpret the law and how we view this and and those sorts of things. So I'm with you that I'm not as concerned as a lot of people are. I think way too much time, effort, and worry gets put into that when ultimately what you're saying is (laughs) stop focusing on electing a president to put a Supreme Court justice in there so that eventually a court case can make its way up there and set a precedent put people in office that are going to put laws in place that get those things done long before that ever happens. Because right. I mean, Oh my God. Like, I, should...
1: <laughs> I mean, I, I can't stress the importance of common sense. You know, it, it's like you don't have to hit. A, I mean, you don't hit home runs every baseball game. Like that's just not a thing. Yeah. Well, unless you're doped up, but I just think that what, what, it just has
0: been went, very, very good to me.
1: <laughs> this whole fear and 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 the fear of losing control, and I don't understand what the control is for, because a lot of these things that people want to control are they're one issue, abortion, still not an argument. Um, if
0: you really it, cared about stopping abortion, you wouldn't ban it. You would get you would put everything else in place that actually stops abortion, because banning yeah. abortion doesn't stop it. Right. Unlike banning guns, which does stop guns. You won't ban guns, but you will ban abortions.
1: That's, that's, a, that's actually a good point. That's funny that you say that. Huh. It's true. Uh, the NRA if you is ban actually. ban
0: abortions, then only the bad people will have abortions. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry.
1: But it's also like, uh, the perfect storm. The NRA is under investigation. Remington's, uh, being sold, um, I I still don't get that argument, but I I, I just really, I don't know. When it comes to politics right now, I kind of, I still feel confident that the Senate's going to flip in both scenarios. And
0: And they have like 10 Senate seats that are up for grabs right now, they say.
1: I think it's 10 or 12 and five have the potential of flipping. Yeah. So, um, and at any rate, that's a good thing. And then we just need to not just stop with the federal government, but continue to vote the right local officials. I was watching part of this documentary on on John Lewis. Um, And what was interesting to me was his desire to run for like he, you know, did the local council member, blah, blah, blah. And then one day decided that, ah, it's probably a good time to, you know, step up my game. Why aren't we? Why isn't the DNC, why isn't the RNC finding people that actually speak the mind of the people? And we let, we continue, we continue. And actually, John Lewis said something similar. It's a minority. Like these extremist viewpoints only consist in a minority of the population. Like the March on Washington, it was a vast majority compiled of reasonable people that understand that yeah this thing we're doing doesn't work we need to do something different and let's continue to move forward we're in the same boat right now where we're, we're really paying attention to a minority they're allowed but what i mean when you think about it at depending on how you look at the the numbers 38 to 42 percent of the country still will probably vote for Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. And then you break that group down again. Only a third of them are batshit crazy. <laughs> like, so we just need to spend more time focused on like reasonable people. I actually read an article that uh, Fox News was brought into a lawsuit. And Fox, in their own words, and I'm paraphrasing, so I'm paraphrasing their statement. A reasonable person would not take Tucker calls uh, Tucker Carlson like mm-hmm. serious. Yeah. So their whole network isn't designed for reasonable people. Like literally the majority of people that get all the press from that station are not there for reasonable people. So it's entertainment
0: news is literally pitching themselves as satire. Yeah. I mean I Okay.
1: That I that was an interesting like in their defense of I uh, mean, in the lawsuit they basically said he is a reasonable person would not take him seriously. I
0: guess they didn't say all of Fox News, just T- Tucker Carlson. But I mean, <clears throat> I feel like if there there's only really two, maybe three options when it comes to a walking embodiment of Fox News, it's Tucker Carlson, Sean Hannity, or what was that? Glenn uh, uh, Coulter. no fuck glenn beck that guy whatever happened to him
1: (laughs) (laughs) he's got this uh national syndicated radio show now
0: oh so he didn't really go anywhere
1: no i mean you're you're not i mean you're not wrong there but i think that what i guess what i'm trying to say is let's stop being focused on the things that aren't important yeah a lot of those things don't really matter. the reason there are more reasonable people even if there's 42% of people that believe and support Donald Trump without even breaking that group down into subgroups. like 58% of the country isn't crazy. like that's the reality of it.
0: that's less ensuring <laughs> than i think maybe you mean it to be (laughs) well i mean okay because that means we're kind of close here
1: (laughs) we're still winning but there are more reasonable people than you know crazy people yeah no i know
0: and i i mean it's it's not even like i really think that there are that many crazy people out there i think you're right that What it at the end of the day, what is driving everything that is happening right now is fear. Yeah. People are scared. People people they don't have faith in Donald Trump, right? And I'm sorry, I tried not to say his name. Got all the way hour and twenty minutes in. Um but they don't have faith in, in the leadership in anybody really. I mean that you know, Democrats or Republicans. Um because those Time and time again, those two groups have shown that they're far more interested in pissing on each other than they are in actually helping out the people that they're supposed to work for that they do work for. Excuse me.
1: But we can we can change that. We, we can actually we can literally like look for people that should like why is it taking millions of dollars, millions of dollars for um, a Senate race? Like the guy going against uh, Lindsey Graham in South Carolina has, has yeah, raised.
0: Yeah, you hear Lindsey Graham was like they raised a hundred. They raised one hundred and twenty-one million dollars in three days, and everybody's like, "Uh, yeah, no, <laughs> okay." <laughs> I <think he> did. <laughs> well, yeah, they did. I know it was. A, you sent me the article. I think that was saying that. Uh, he he Demi- said
1: because they hate his guts. Yeah,
0: well, I mean, they're he's not wrong. There's but why does it take
1: that, that much that? money to become an elected official? That's that that's the thing that blows my mind, right? Absolutely, I'm sure I mean, that...
0: that's what the whole the whole gateway, you know, it's the it, it is the barrier to entry. That is part of the issue, right? That's why you struggle to find people at those levels of government that haven't sold their souls to somebody because ultimately, if you want to win an election, you reach a point where you got to do a favor, right? And then that favor becomes another favor, becomes another favor. And then it's like, oh, well, it's not what this is how the whole game works. Everybody does this. And now, again, right, you get separated from your constituency. You're not living at home with the people that you represent every single day. You spend more time in Washington with these other politicians who've been there for years, who are already doing these things. You know, I mean, senators that have been there for 20, 30 years. Are you kidding me?
1: Right that's true you but know,
0: but then we want to sit here and say that the problem is we need to appoint eighteen year term limits on Supreme Court justices. <laughs> okay, I just I, these are the things where you know I mean, because what senator in their right mind right now of the people that are sitting in there or that have any authority to do anything are going to go, you know, we really ought to limit the number the amount of time that we can sit on our asses here and collect fat paychecks from the American public while literally doing nothing to help them.
1: I, I heard this interesting thing on NPR about Michigan where um, they actually address the, they, so North Carolina's gerrymandering came up a lot. I mean, so Michigan, actually a lady, I, gosh, I, I should have done some more research on it. The long and short of it is she got frustrated with it. Her and her sister and a few other people volunteered to like change it, change the electoral map where, uh, they actually got a commission started in Michigan to where they're going to that the, the districting is going to actually be based on the people that live in those communities as opposed to whatever their state legislator like decided that was pretty much loaded yeah. full of BS. And I'm thinking to myself, we can probably as a country, if we really did our jobs and we really did a better job of being informed, we can change a lot of the crap that we're dealing with right now. So people keep saying, oh, we need a revolution. No, we don't. We just need to actually read and understand what we're talking about. We need to actually really, if you keep talking about holding these people accountable, hold them accountable, right? Like, if that's just the phrase you want to use, do it, but actually vote for people. And then another fun fact I realized or found out was like less than 50% of our like people that are eligible to vote actually vote in this country. Yeah. It's like, how is that possible? I was talking to a couple of my sons and I get it. I'm not trying to, I understand their point of view, but they don't, they're not really motivated to vote. And I, I was reminded of the fact that people before me died so I can have the right to vote. I owe it to them to vote.
0: I just, I don't know. Like, I mean, when I turned 18, I was so excited to go vote, <laughs> you know, I, I just, I have always thought.
1: Yeah. Your experience with voting and it's not me being yeah. like, negative is probably a lot different than like me growing up to vote. Yeah. And you know, we've talked about this before where I, we're, we're talking about like how, when I go to vote and I mentioned like, well, I have my driver's license. Right. Well, you don't need that. I'm like, yeah, but you never know, man. I'm just waiting for the other shoe to drop. Yeah. But then I have to remember, I live in one of the richest counties in the state or But the even that
0: isn't, doesn't protect you from that kind of bullshit here. You know, I, I mean, Tell you me. know that. Like, and that's that's part. Of, I mean, not I don't know, not that not that the goal should be to for people to be able to buy their way out of you know racism. But I mean, fuck, like can't can't we do something? To ca- <laughs> <laughs> if we just pay the racists enough, won't they stop yeah. being racist? <laughs>
1: yeah i mean uh so our we vote the least so 56 percent of the according to 2016 voting numbers 56 percent of the u.s voting age population cast ballots in the 2016 election belgium 89 uh, percent uh sweden 85 percent
0: russia 100 percent.
1: denmark yeah <laughs> <laughs> Australia, 90%. <laughs> <laughs> 90%. <laughs> they, <laughs> they have laws <laughs> that actually, if you don't vote, right. you actually uh, lose some benefits.
0: So I was going to say what we should do is if you vote, you should get a, like a bonus on your tax refund.
1: <laughs> that sounds good.
0: You know, like you basically get an extra deductible or, you know, like you get a, a I don't know, $100, $100 bonus on your tax refund.
1: Well, in some countries, if you don't vote, you can't renew your license. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, that's dope. Uh, and if you miss in another country, if you miss like three elections that you have, you have to like provide some reason as to why you miss those elections. I'm See, thinking I to myself. I had the
0: same policy when it came to my Halloween parties. If I invited you to three Halloween parties and you didn't show up with some valid excuse, you weren't invited anymore.
1: You know, some people just moved to California. <laughs> uh. Took out of that rule.
0: Yeah, I know they did.
1: That's, funny. <laughs> That's really funny. Well, we talked about a lot today, and I know that. Uh, I mean, even our. I don't know. I'm we've, we're like what round twelve, and there's like thirty four seconds left in the round. There's thirty four days left. They are until... going to
0: be the longest thirty four seconds of this fight, though. Um... Because I'm pretty sure in what another 28 minutes here, uh, the bell is going to ding for round one.
1: <laughs> no, you get all the uh, pre-fight coverage. Yeah, it's it's going to be.
0: Um... I'm looking forward to it because, like you, I've decided that I'm going to tune in. I am not. I am not going to allow a bully to prevent me from engaging in democracy here Mm. in this country. That's what I mean. And I hope that there's enough people out there that feel the same way as you and I, where it's like, you know, you may have done your best to ruin this up to this point, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to just sit back and and say, well, I don't want to listen to him for that amount of time. Nope. I'm going to, because if nothing else, it's going to motivate me that much more to go. (laughs) vote. know, like and make okay. make other changes. Like I was given a
1: suggestion that we should we should have recorded tomorrow so we can actually um like do some commentary on the debate. And I didn't <laughs> want to throw you under the bus. I'm like nah I probably wouldn't get out of time.
0: I mean, if we had made those plans to do it, I probably wouldn't is what it really boils down to. Not because I would just forget or something, but now that it's yeah. not something where I'm, you know, what I'll probably do is edit a podcast episode in one ear and listen to the debate in the other. So that's why it's like, I got sanity and insanity. It's a balance, you know, <laughs> the
1: The thing about his, the thing about his tax records, like, and I know I've been screaming this for months. He's not a good business person. I actually heard one of his his apologists saying, well if you understand how business works you'd understand that sometimes you write off a loss I'm like yeah but dudes not even making money
0: right you write off a loss when you have them you, like, yeah. You, and yeah you don't want you don't want to tell the the government you want to make it look like you earned more money than you did but let's also be honest that any like any other form of manipulation is straight up tax fraud people like it's yeah. not that's that's what it is if you underreport if you over like
1: he's trying to claim that 1.9 or 1.2 billion dollar loss i'm like okay I, I see you there but everything else is just losing money you're bleeding cash dude you you are not as as good as you think you are yeah so it's just um, it's just fr- it's beyond frustrating for me i can't believe people that that keep going to bat for him
0: i mean the last thing i'll say on him is somebody was talking the other day about The real reason he is fighting and clawing as hard as he can is because when this is over, either in January or four years from January, that dude's going to jail. Oh, I can't. I I can't wait. I mean, like, you you think that he's getting a bad treatment right now. Just wait until he has no sort of immunity whatsoever.
1: I mean... It was probably trying to like he's trying to stack the courts for a reason, dude.
0: Yeah, big time because he knows. But that's I mean, like you, like we were saying yesterday, you know, why do you think he's pushing so hard to get this person nominated and confirmed before the election? If he was convinced that if he was had any kind of you know faith in his ability to get reelected, he would not be ramming this through as hard as he can.
1: Yeah, and I do agree that he's going to go to jail. And I think it'll be so poetic. It'll be like, and I, I don't, well, I do. <laughs>
0: I'm not going to lie. <laughs>
1: I'm not going to lie. Yo, I want, I want him to get in, in, in kind all the, just all the crap. Like, all right, I'm going to go on a small rant. The money he sent to Puerto Rico. Bogus! I, I was so pissed about that. I'm like, oh, like three years later, now you care? He's trying to add additional oppor- quote-unquote opportunity zones for black people and in, in black communities. I'm like, my dude, you know who's going to invest in that? Rich people. Here, case in point, there's a neighborhood in Cary, uh, Briarcliff
0: off of Rind Drive.
1: Um, a company in California is pretty much buying it.
0: Yeah, to expand... I saw an article in the News and Observer, yeah.
1: Dude, you know, you know how much affordable housing is in Cary?
0: None. <laughs> I mean, Wake County. Right. Like, I mean, there's hardly any of it anywhere, and nobody is doing anything. You know, like, I mean, we've talked about it before. What do you do when you take all of the opportunities out of this space? The property value drops, right? And then someone comes in and says, oh, here's cash. I'll give you cash so that I can. Oh, great. Where are those people going? Right? What are they doing? What have you done for them? Nothing. You know, oh, they got a cat. Yeah, they got cash to literally get up and leave.
1: Dude, I was just dri- driving through downtown Raleigh uh, last week on Friday. You have, I wanted to scream. They're building these, they're beautiful homes. Not gonna, they are gorgeous. Yeah. five hundred, six hundred thousand $600,000. Yep. If you go up like less than a block, you see these older, smaller ranches that you know that it's definitely a lower income home. You you know all, you see all the signs of gentrification. Yep. And I just wanted to scream. You know, I'm like, what are we doing? Like, I remember when Carrie had the uh, Special Olympics many years ago. And they bust all the homeless people out all, you know, there's not a lot of homeless people here, but they bust them to Atlanta. Yep. In Fayetteville. It's just, it's, it's just the, 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 act of kindness, some level of, of good. Where is it at?
0: And it's, it's, I think again, because what you're, you're treating the symptoms. You're not treating yeah. the root cause. You don't care about the root cause. You just don't want to look at the problem. You know, it's 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 slapping a fresh cone of paint over the mold spot that's on your <laughs> ceiling because you don't. But you don't understand that that's not helping anything because you're still breathing that stuff in every single day. Right. It's still killing you from the inside. It's just you don't have to look at it, so you feel better about it. Congratulations.
1: <sighs> yeah. All right.
0: That's a good way to end the episode. We're not even yeah. gonna close it out. I'm hanging up now no. no I'm just
1: <laughs> <laughs> We're glad you guys joined us, and uh we you know again, we talk about everything and it's the election's coming. We're gonna probably talk about it. I'm gonna watch the debate. I'm gonna have tons of things to mull over for a week at least yeah. and um
0: I think it'll be good for us to have a little bit of time to think about it before we uh you know give our thoughts I think yeah I might know. take some notes
1: yeah. um. And, you know, we're glad, again, we're super glad you joined us. We do this for fun. It's it's very, you very relaxing. Um, I almost used a Chris word, but I, when I'm home, I just, I, I speak like plainly. <laughs> I, almost said Chris word. I almost said cathartic. And I'm like, I don't, <laughs> I'm like, I, I don't talk like that at
0: home. <laughs> oh yeah. Me and my, my $10 words. No I'm, no i I know the words I just like, when oh, I'm I know, I just like I mean I know you know them, but I also know that that is not unless that's the right word to use like I mean and i i'm I try not to be one of those people that you know is like, oh, I'm just going to drop the word apocryphal into this sentence, you know, <laughs> like into this conversation, like no that's not. Unless, of course, for whatever reason, apocryphal was the only word that I could think of to really describe it. But, yeah. Or I just wanted to show off and be an asshole.
1: So I, I get some advice uh, years ago. I was doing a presentation. And the the feedback I got was, um, you understand your audience, right? And I'm like, yes. You know your audience probably missed 25% of the words you use, right? I'm like, no. <laughs> so... <laughs> All right, I'll never do that again. And it it trips me up. I'm always constantly thinking, who's my audience? Who am I talking to? And I just realized one day, I'm just going to speak plainly. Like, that's my new thing. I'm just going to always speak plainly. Hmm.
0: I prefer to speak everythingly, like an everything bagel.
1: You're such an idiot. (laughs) You can always find us at chrisandandreshow.com. We're on Spotify, TuneIn, Google Play Music, which will soon be YouTube music.
0: I don't Apple know why we promote their transition like that. I mean, uh, I'm sorry. I guess, Pandora. I mean, no, I mean, it's not your fault. I was just realizing that, you know, these podcasts will forever be hosted somewhere. So, <laughs> you know, we want people to remember what the good old days were like before the actual apocalypse.
1: Oh, that's true. Pandora, SoundCloud. Yeah, and I just like, see, that's like how you that. know I have kids, right? Yeah,
0: that's great. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. I don't all think right. you missed it. I was sitting there the other day trying to think of all of them when I was rolling out hashtags for Instagram. Um, but, yeah, you can find us on the social media platforms that are Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest, uh, which we didn't talk about in our social media stuff. But, uh, I will dive back into that next week. Um, but, yeah, also be sure to visit us at chrisandandreshow.com. Uh, you'll see my new blog series, Chris's Critical Corner, Where I give quick and extremely critical reviews of movies, uh, to basically the idea is to tell you whether or not you should watch it. In my opinion, obviously I'm not the only one with an opinion out there, uh, but I am the one with the most valuable opinion. So,
1: ever so humble, I almost started doing that, and I was like, no, because if I so I don't have writer's block. I have um, what is it called? It's one of my least favorite activities is writing.
0: Yeah, I can oh. understand that. Not like I just, I, I have those things. It's not always writing for me, but yeah, like reading is actually, <laughs> I am not a big fan of reading just because I tend to be a very slow reader.
1: Uh, I, really, I love reading. Like that's why I have to cut myself off at two chapters a book. Yeah, Because if I, I'll sit there and read a whole book in one night. Um, The Kindle is my new crack to be honest with you, because I can buy books for like eight bucks. I'm like, oh, my gosh. So you're just part I, of the problem. Yeah, I am. I am. I killed print, um, <laughs> print publishing single handedly. Um, anyway, we didn't even talk about food. I wanted no, to talk about it. No, I know.
0: Food. Yeah, I got a bunch of food stuff we can talk about, too. But <laughs> I'm also <All> right. hungry. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> we're always glad you join us. And uh, we're, we're going to keep doing this. And we're not sure when you're going to hear it. you'll hear it sooner than later probably later
0: within the next two or three weeks
1: yeah but as always
0: (laughs) i'm andre and i'm chris and we'll
1: talk to you soon
0: I read recently that a cheese factory exploded in France. Apparently, debris was everywhere, and so was the gorgonzola.